Hello, this is your host, Sunita Bagri. I am the founder of the Every Teacher Matters Project. Welcome to the Every Teacher Matters Network podcast. Each podcast has a core focus around the well-being of our teachers, school leaders and educational staff. The Teach Well Alliance works proudly in partnership with the Every Teacher Matters Network to raise awareness of well-being and mental health for our teachers and school staff. We're so pleased that you're able to join us on today's podcast. Today, I begin by referring to the research published by Charity Education Support. In a report published last month in September entitled Working in Education During the Coronavirus Pandemic, it says that 60% of head teachers surveyed reported a decline in their mental health. Among teachers, the figure was 52%. In an article in the Church Times, the head teacher of Ellis Church of England Primary School in Barnsley, Rachel Herding, says that from March to July, when the lockdown started until the end of the school year, there was no work-life balance. She states that she needed to be available to support staff, parents and children alongside school being open for key workers and children throughout the the children of key workers throughout the holidays. Her job had changed dramatically since the pandemic, she says. And she explains that although taking risk assessments and safety seriously has always been a priority, leading through a crisis with little information is very different. She explains that she felt she had to become an expert on the virus, on hygiene, and some days felt like a medic as well as a cleaner. My aim in this special series of conversations with head teachers is to share their real experiences. What are they faced with? What are they dealing with on a daily basis? What's keeping them awake at night? Today's candid conversation takes place with a fabulous head teacher whom I have the privilege of calling my friend, head teacher of Regents Park Primary School in Birmingham. Alan Beale. I know Alan takes the well-being of his staff seriously and I know also that he prioritises his own health and his well-being. So I'm particularly keen to find out how the pandemic is affecting him and his school community. Alan, it is my privilege and an honour to warmly welcome you today to the Every Teacher Matters Network podcast. Hello. Hi there, Sunita. Thank you, was very kind of kind words. <laughs> you, you are most welcome. It really is a privilege to have you join me and have this time to be able to talk to you about, you know, what you're managing and what before we went on air, you know, really a very quick discussion around surviving because I believe that's really what you, amongst other head teacher colleagues, are doing right now. You're doing your best to survive this. So we really warmly welcome you today, and I know that the listeners are going to gain so much value from this conversation. Yeah, I hope, I hope so. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Alan. So before we launch into our discussion about what is going on, can you start just by telling the listeners briefly about the type of leader you are? Can you share what you believe in, what your core values are, what's important to you about leadership? Okay, all right. Well, um, yeah, um, 
it's always um, difficult talking about yourself um, in the first person and all of that kind of thing. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say that, uh, you know, sort of my um, aim as a, as a leader uh, in school is really to, you know, sort of make sure that I have a clear vision uh, an ethos um, and that you know hopefully this is communicated within the school and obviously what we want is for everyone uh, to buy into it. Um, I believe it is important to be you know an ethical compassionate school leader. Um, I don't do things just for my own personal interest or gain or glory or whatever. Um, you know I do the things that I do because I genuinely want the children in our school to be as successful as they can um, and I feel that everyone knows we're working in a school with the aim of making sure that the children get the best start in life so um, it's really important to have a, a strong school ethos and I think you know sort of this is something that everybody shares you know as I say uh, the aim that the children in our school develop a, a, a real enjoyment of learning and um, you know as such they achieve to the best of their abilities um, and we do this in partnership with you know parents and family and the wider communi community um yeah we're committed to giving all children you know an opportunity to achieve the best that they possibly can um and you know their achievements and their health and their safety and the well-being of course is really important to uh, to to all of us um yeah we we you know i think as a as a leader my i see my role as being making sure that you know we develop a strong successful team um obviously everybody appreciates the role that they play no matter who they are um staff feel trusted and there's a, a real strong sense of worth um you know i i recognize that ultimately they're the the people on the cliff face as it were they're the people that are working with the children day to day so my role is to make um that 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 task if you like as easy as i can for them so that they can do the job as well as they can um so so one of you know the key things is about removing obstacles and unnecessary burdens for for them where i can as well um i was you know i would say my you know i recognize my strengths and weaknesses um you know i know that i can't do everything um and neither am i an expert on everything i think that's fairly you know sort of uh, obvious um you know and again you know i make mistakes uh, but i'm willing to acknowledge them and I, you know that's something that is really important as in in our school is that learning from mistakes trying things um if things don't work out um you know we we encourage people to learn from from the things that happen to them so um i'm, I'm really fortunate to have a a, a really strong team um i've got a, a really hard-working dedicated leadership team um and they're supported by a strong middle leadership group um so as a leader i feel i can delegate a lot of responsibility to them um and and, and fortunately we've got some real experts in in different areas and that obviously helps make the the group stronger collectively um and then in general as i say we have a really strong uh, wider staff group who, who again work hard want to improve are always willing to support each other in order to make sure that the children achieve to the best of their abilities it's very rare for there to be any particular issues amongst the staff group and um, they're very willing to do what they can when they can and, and i think that's been a real key factor you know in our covid response 
um, that everybody has understood the situation that we're in and everybody has really um, you know worked to make sure that um, everybody you know everybody is everybody's safe everybody is well and, and and obviously you know looking after the children to the best that we possibly can um, so I believe as a staff we you know we learn from each other we've got a good balance of older experienced staff in the school um, but I do also believe in giving opportunities to newer less experienced staff who who come with lots of ideas and enthusiasm and energy um, so yeah you know important to be a leader who's compassionate who's ethical treats people fairly understands the pressure that people are under um, you know, I may not be in the classroom, um, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, but, you know, sort of it's, um, it's very easy to forget, um, you know, sort of the pressure that people are under and, um, you know, once you, you take on a different role. So, you know, I think that's really, really important. As I say, trusting staff to undertake their roles and responsibilities, um, allowing people to be creative and flexible when they possibly can, allowing them to try things out, make mistakes if necessary but you know sort of we, we we try to make sure there's not a blame culture that you know um you know if people are doing things for the right reasons that's 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 what we ask for um yeah so yeah i, I would say in a nutshell oh, that's not really a nutshell but there's uh, there's a lot of things there that kind of you know sort of um say a lot about the ethos of the school and and hopefully you know sort of my role in facilitating that really yeah, thanks, Alan. Yeah, it's really heartwarming to hear you share and reflect, um, you know, what uh, is, are the strengths of your school and, and really the leadership behind that. So thanks so much for sharing. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that the listeners will have gained so much perspective there. And, and, you know, not everybody's schools, not everyone's school runs that way. So hopefully they'll, they'll learn from that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure even with all of that, it's still not no easy task. But thanks for, for sharing, for sharing what you're doing um, and harbouring those gains together as a team. That's so, so important. Your job really is to facilitate and bring that, you know, together. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I mean, I said in there, I'm very lucky that we've, we've got a, a strong team. But I, I think, you know, um, I mean, we we've built that team now over a long period of time. And I mean, I was quite fortunate when I came to the school that, um, there were already um, a lot of um, people in place, a lot of people who are still here now out of that group um, who, you know, had a, a real sort of, um, you know, common sense of, you know, what they what they wanted to achieve and how they wanted to achieve it and what was fair and what was right. And, um, yeah, you know, a lot of experience. Uh, and we've just been able to develop that over a period of time. And I think, as I say, as people, new people have come in, they've bought into that and, um it's been you know self-perpetuating isn't it i think when you've um, when you when you can kind of develop a, a team like that really um so yeah it's good yeah it, it, it is self-perpetuating but you do have to put the foundations in place which i'm yeah yeah done, definitely so. yeah th thanks so thanks again alan that, that's really heartwarming so i'm going to talk more specifically around the pandemic now if, if i can um and i'd really like to ask you that if this was your choice um and we could take it back to returning in September. What would you have done without government instruction and how would you have done it? Um, well, I, you know, uh, I was thinking about this and uh, I, I think it's, you know, it's quite easy for us to appear like we are. Uh, I think I heard the, the phrase Captain Hindsight and we can all, you know, sort of say what should have happened and, you know, what shouldn't have happened. Um, but I do... 
and you know and obviously there are many things that we we couldn't have predicted um i suppose really uh the things that we could have predicted are some of the logistical issues that we've had around school anxiety uh, around school organization and, and also the anxieties that many parents and staff have had um obviously you know sort of um being you know really prepared for those um are you know one of the would have been one of the key things but um yeah from a primary perspective working in a primary school um you know i would have been i, I, I suppose i would have preferred for the children to have been able to come back um in a more uh, you know sort of perhaps um I don't know, you know, sort of just, a, a, you know, with slightly less pace and, and just being able to, you know, sort of ease some of these children back into school, really, um, so that we could really focus more on supporting their um, mental health and well-being, um, you know, as an absolute priority, um, you know, making sure that we could really um, focus. Having been out of school for quite a long time, you know, really a lot of the children needing to to almost learn how to learn again. Um, and I think, you know, sort of doing that, that would have really have helped us to to make sure that in the coming months, um, children were really ready to, 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 to start catching up. Um, I think I would have um, preferred us to be able to sort of um, genuinely been, uh, spent some time, you know, recognising the anxieties that staff have felt in returning as well you know um particularly those um those staff where they've they've been shielding or they've got concerns themselves about um their own health or that of other uh, close family members um i think you know really to do that effectively um it would have been it would have been good to to for there to have been some kind of commitment to removing all the unnecessary external factors so i mean i suppose i'm i'm particularly thinking about some of the school accountability measures which although have been you know we know that things like Ofsted have been has been paused um, uh, you know we know it's you know we know that's coming back you know sort of at some point possibly from January uh, we know that we're already aiming towards testing at some point um, you know next year um, but I, I, I do feel that if some of those factors were, were removed um, I mean obviously preferably maybe never having never never coming back um, I do feel that staff could perhaps have worked at a pace which helps them to account for their own anxieties and for those anxieties within the, the school community and then perhaps um, you know actually really support the children with catching up in a, in a way which was would support them better in the long run really so yeah I would I would suggest that would be um, that would have been uh, you know, what I might have suggested. Mm. What I found, I mean, everything you raised there is really significant and, and deserves all, all, all of the, the sort of, you know, it's all warranted and, and deserves the time if that were a possibility. But I think what struck me the most in what you shared was teaching children how to learn again, because mm. I think that that metacognition approach is always really important without mm. break, without any break in education, um, let alone six months away from learning. But yeah, I think I can just imagine. I mean, some some colleagues that I've spoken to have actually reported that in in um, circumstances where they would have expected children to be completely off the wall, they haven't had that reaction. They've yeah. actually had children sitting there a little bit stunned and a bit mm. shell shocked and mm. much more passive mm. and 
although you know i guess it's easier to teach children that are, present that way i think you and i both know as, as holistic educators actually that's not really necessarily a good sign no it's not and and obviously you know even coming back into the classroom and some of the restrictions around what they can and they they can't do once they're in school also makes it hard then for you to be able to perhaps teach them in the way that you would have you would have you would have taught them previously and and the things that you might have been able to do and and you know uh, for a lot of the children particularly in key stage two um they're not able to do the kind of you know work that they might have done in groups or you know discussion that they might have had previously and um and some of that is because of you know <coughs> the problems that we've got in terms of the um you know trying to maintain social distance and the layout of the classrooms that we've had to, you know the way that we've had to adapt classrooms and and so on so you know that has made that harder as well and um i mean you know i, I do think generally uh children are happy to be back and they're you know they're really you know i think one of the the, the, the real positives has been seeing children coming into school smiling um, really excited to be back, really enjoying being back with their friends. Um, and actually, you know, although they may have seen them online, some of them, you know, actually the, the fact that they can be in the classroom again with them and interact uh, is positive. But um, yeah, there are, um, there are a lot of things that you, you know, you, sort of, you worry more in the long term about uh, in, in, in terms of how they're, um, you know, the progress that they're going to make. And um, I think you know we just need to recognize that really and um yeah i think you know sort of uh, learning to learn again you know is is um to, uh, is 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 really really important yeah re really really important i'm really glad that you raised that really am so i think that will have struck a chord with many too so alan how are you managing covid in your school run us through a day in the life of being a head teacher at your school surviving covid well <laughs> i um i don't think um you know there is a, a normal day at the moment um it doesn't feel like there's a normal day i think you know sort of we are um what are we now we are seven weeks in and it, it's it you know it's quite scary what's um you know what's happened on a, sometimes on a day-to-day -day basis and how just uh, you know how exhausting the whole thing has been and obviously not just for myself but obviously for everybody really um I think you know it's been it's been hard um because we are you know at the be beginning of a year you're normally um sort of really focused on on setting out what is going to happen um throughout the year um you know we would be really focused on um our, our school improvements and our school developing our school improvement plan um and you know you would be having the strategic view of you know the direction that the school is heading in um over the next you know 12 months 18 months or whatever um but i think really in the last uh you know sort of since we've been back um this this term but also over the last six months really there's been a a real switch from focusing on what might be the strategic role that you would normally play to to just being more of a you know the logistical role uh, and how we're going to get by you know sort of in the short term um and the medium term really rather than you know sort of longer term so that is uh that that is an issue um i would say you know sort of um really um you know what we're dealing with on a on a day-to-day -day basis is uh, you know we're managing 
um, quite a lot of extremes in, in, in certain situations. I think we, we have extremes in terms of um, parental anxieties and um, staff anxieties. Uh, at the one end of the, of the spectrum, you, you, you'll have staff who are quite laid back about, about COVID and are relatively untroubled by it. Um, you know, sort of staff that might be quite young and, you know, sort of um, able to, you know, sort of fit and feel fit and healthy and, you know, know that how they would be able to cope with it. Whereas at the other end of the spectrum, you know, we have staff who hardly went out during lockdown, you know, sort of um, staff that are ex extremely anxious about being near children or other adults. Um, and I know that there's, you know, staff who talk about whether, you know, they're not sure if they will be able to cope in the long term, you know, sort of depending on how long this goes on for. Um, and then, and then obviously also, you know, we're dealing with parents uh, at both ends of the, ex uh, the spectrum as well and people in between. So, you know, we have some parents who think that it's all just a load of rubbish and perhaps, you know, sort of um, they believe the things that they might read on social media or whatever and think that, you know, school is making a fuss about nothing and 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 all of that kind of thing as well so um you know and then at the other end we've we've obviously been um dealing with some parents who haven't sent their children into school at all or you know and are very critical of the things that we've put uh, tried to put in place you know don't think that we are doing enough to to keep the children safe as well by the same token so it's um you know that is that has been quite difficult to manage um, and as a result, I mean, it's very difficult to focus on a lot else, really. I, I, you know, I don't think that um, there have been many days that uh, I've been, you know, I haven't, you know, dealt with uh, various things that are COVID related. Um, as I said, you know, normally we'd be, we'd be focusing on things like school improvement and supporting NQTs and developing the curriculum. Um, but, you know, most of the time has been taken up trying to firefight, um, managing situations where we've had positive tests. Um, you know, we've had to close bubbles. We're looking at organising remote learning. Um, we've been dealing with issues to do with absence and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of time being taken up on things like that at the moment, which are obviously impacting what would be the normal day-to-day um, -day of being um, a leader in a school. Um, and I know that, um, yeah, one of the things I probably, you know, didn't know that I was going to become was would be to become a local health expert as well. So, um, you know, I, I have uh, people asking my opinion on other people's coughs and temperatures and whether that's staff or children or parents uh, and then giving advice. I mean, I, I do feel as though I have become, you know, a bit of an expert on it, you know, sort of, um, uh, but anyway, it's, it, it's not really what you would, uh, were imagining. Um, we, you know, we are one of the schools that have had a number of positive cases. We had a number of positive cases very early on in the term. At the, the end of the first week, we already had a, a child in key stage one who'd had a positive test. He picked it up out of school um, before the end of the holiday. And then a member of staff in our office um, who came back and um, developed symptoms and um, tested positive. And then unfortunately, um, you know, passed that on to another member of the office staff who also tested posit positive as well. So within the first week, we were already, um, you know, we'd already closed the key stage one bubble. We'd closed our office bubble and we were dealing with that. And um, since then, we've had two more 
um, class bubbles that have closed. We had uh, a member of staff in Key Stage 2 and then another child uh, just last week in Year 6. Um, and closing bubbles brings about its own logistical problems, having to try and explain to the children what's going on, um, having to, you know, contact parents, speak to parents about, you know, sort of um, what, what the, um, you know, what, what the um, situation is. Um, it, I mean, last week we had a, a situation where we had to close the bubble during the day. That was the first time we'd had to do that. And um, I mean, that was, a, it felt like a particularly stressful day because we're trying to contact parents. We're trying to keep the children um together and away from others and then um yeah you know the whole thing was um was, was quite quite a um quite difficult really um and then and then in addition as i say we've got a lot of children who have been ill and off school um and and, and as i say we're managing situations where parents are often telling us that children have coughs or a high temperature i think previously you know parents it's been quite easy for parents to just ring in and say their child has a cough or a temperature but now if they're doing that we're having to take um you know sort of take a real cautious approach and then we are managing um where you know where we're advising people to get tests and self-isolate and some parents are supportive um but others i think are quite frustrated and just want to send their children back into school and and and, and so we're you know we're dealing with that as well so yeah it's been hard uh for the staff you know they're trying to help and support the children return to school as best they possibly can and begin this process of catch-up but very difficult when we've got children that are um constantly in and out of school and everything so yeah um a lot of uh a lot of different things on a daily basis things that we're you know we would we're dealing with that perhaps we wouldn't have normally have done it's mind-blowing alan it's mind-blowing yeah and i've I've, you know, I've been ahead, I've done the, the job and that's hard enough anyway under ordinary circumstances. But what you described there is disturbing to say the least. And what really um, makes me feel really sad is the question from your staff around, we don't know how long we can sustain this. No, it's, no. They're not the only ones saying that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, I mean, we're, we're it's a... Uh, I don't know that people always appreciate how hard um, school staff work. Um, you know, I know there is the public perception, or there will be the public perception that they haven't done anything for six months, but that's patently untrue. Yes. Um, and then, you know, even as I say, over a half term, now this is a particularly long half term, um, effectively eight weeks. Um, you know, the children came back on the 1st of September. We've still got another uh, week and a half at this point until um, people have a break um, but I, I mean I, I can already see that people are um, are exhausted and worn out and you know and um, and you know that yeah you just you, you do worry uh, for how how people are feeling and um, the difficult thing then is that they're going to have a half term but obviously what they can do during that half term is going to be quite limited I imagine but I'm, I'm sure you know sort of everybody will be um, you know appreciative of, of of having the break anyway at least yeah just coming off that hamster wheel for, for however short the time but just yeah yeah exactly to, to breathe for it for a few days well I, I you know as you know Alan um I've been really interested in teacher well-being and mental health for I'm not jumping on the bandwagon here as as you all know because you were a guest speaker 
what's coming up to a year ago now for the launch of the Every Teacher Matters Network. And I was concerned back then um, as to, you know, the well-being and the underrepresentation of well-being at that time. But, you know, the impact of the pandemic upon well-being and mental health of staff right now, and you've touched upon that throughout the conversation so far, but I'd really like you to sort of um, put into further clarity, bring into focus here, what is the most stressful aspect for your staff returning to school? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's probably a good point for me to talk about it because, I, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I um, you know, I thought I would um, do a, a survey uh, just to see. We were at that point a month in um and we had we, we've obviously put in lots of things um to uh, try and make sure that we are covid secure and we are doing everything that we should do but um yeah I, I i was interested to find out you know sort of how staff were feeling and to try and gauge a sense of uh you know how they were getting on um and i have to say you know despite everything obviously it is it is very mixed i mean we you know i, I, I think i've already spoken about the spectrum of anxiety that we're we're, we're dealing with um you know for, for a start but yeah despite everything that we've done or that we've tried to do anyway to make sure that staff feel well supported and safe i know that there are still many aspects that they they don't really feel safe about at all i mean um they worry that they for instance they worry that they've taken lots of precautions during lockdown um and you know and, and obviously since but but then there is an unknown uh, at the moment about the children and families that they're working with and being uh, you know sort of exposed to um, um, and whether you know sort of everybody are, is take are taking the same precautions that they have or, or, or haven't taken or whatever um, you know we've we've put a lot in place to ensure uh, as much social distancing as possible and to limit movement around the school uh, as we've been asked to do and uh, we're trying to keep staff within their bubbles and, and, and set areas. Um, we've um, one of the responses. One of the responses was around um, the issue of wearing face coverings, and I know you know obviously what the government have said about whether staff should or shouldn't wear them. But you know we've allowed staff to 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 wear them uh, when they are with other adults. So for instance, in the staff room, or you know sort of um, you know certainly if they you know if they have to meet with anybody else. Uh, and all of that kind of thing but that can bring its own issues because as I say we do have some staff who are very hypersensitive about you know sort of uh, about that and protecting themselves and they, they, they feel upset if other people aren't necessarily following the same guidelines um, so you know we've had to remind people a lot about making sure that you know they, they understand what the guidelines are and they follow those guidelines as we've set out um, as I said, there are many staff who, who are very anxious about children in their classes with symptoms. Um, and that's difficult because it's hard to get the balance right. You know, we know that um, not every cough that a child has is a COVID cough. Um, but, you know, we have to err on the side of caution uh, sometimes. Um, but then there are other times when it's felt that, you know, actually we need to, you know, these children have been out of school a long time already. We need to try and keep get them in school as much as we possibly can but yeah staff feel uncomfortable about that i know sometimes um i think when i you know when i um did the the, the survey um i think one of the key one of the big issues that our staff were having was um 
I think their perception was they were still trying to to, to cover everything in terms of the curriculum. Um, and, and, and yet they were trying to do it in, in, in a situation where inevitably there has been a, um, a, a bit of a reduction in teaching time. Now, some of that is because we've had to, <clears throat> we've had to look at um, how we organize our staggered starts and finishes to the days. And as I say, we've got a school with approximately 600 children in it. So we, our staggered starts and finishes take a long time to be able to organize. It's half an hour in the morning, half an hour in the afternoon. And inevitably that eats into some of the teaching time. And then, um, and then on top of that, staggered break times, staggered lunch times, um, the way that we've organized our PPA, all of these things have had a, a, you know, a slight impact on the amount of teaching time that, um, that, that teachers have got. So we've had to, we've had, you know, I think we, we, we started off with the best of intentions about trying to, you know, get children back in, trying to make sure that they, uh, you know, we were going to, you know, really going to support them in terms of catching up and everything. But we've had to, uh, in the last couple of weeks, talk about prioritizing parts of the curriculum instead. Um, you know, we can't manage to, to cover everything at this point um, in, in, you know, in time that is uh, that has been reduced for one reason or another so um one of the responses to to their um to their concerns uh you know it, it is to sort of make sure that it's really clear what we see as being our priorities for the curriculum obviously core areas things that we know are, are going to you know sort of have a, a big impact on the children's learning things like reading uh, for, for younger children obviously phonics and, and and things like that making sure there's lots of opportunities for speaking and listening there are you know sort of um, opportunities for physical activity for children to be working outside we're really lucky that we've got a um, um, a forest school um, and we've got a really really good forest school teacher so we've been trying to get children outside uh, learning in the forest school perhaps more than they would have done previously um, so, you know, we've, we've just had to, um, we've had to ask people to, to not over worry about covering every objective, you know, sort of, uh, it, you know, it's impossible for us to teach at the moment in the way that we would have taught this time last year. Um, we can only prioritize and, you know, we've got to, yeah, that, we've got to do that really. So, um, you know, we expect, uh, we expect people to have the same standards in terms of, you know, expectations, but um, we've asked people to, you know, sort of just to, to try and um, spread out um, the, the objectives that they're trying to cover rather than trying to, you know, sort of, we can't expect the children to be working at the, you know, in, at the same place that they would have done this time last year. So trying to, um, trying to communicate that and reiterate that has been really important. And, um, other concerns, I mean, that staff have that, that staff have got are, you know, the things to do with remote learning. I mean, I think, you know, sort of, there's a lot of talk about remote learning uh, in schools at the moment, but um, it, I think staff are feeling quite daunted by it because, um, you know, we, yeah, we're all um, guilty sometimes of comparing our school with, you know, the school down the road that's put x y and z in place and have got you know super uh whiz bang technology and everybody you know sort of knows what they're doing and they've been doing it for however long and and all of that kind of stuff but we're uh you know we're not in that place at the moment and we are trying to do the best we possibly can 
Um, but we have got to, you know, sort of, uh, yeah, we've just got to be mindful not to um, be comparing ourselves with others. Um, you know, during lockdown, the staff worked really, really hard at being able to provide uh, what, what they could. Um, you know, we, we, we put um, work on, on the school website, we signposted uh, parents and, and, and children to, 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 the, to the work that was there. We provided packs and people went out and delivered uh, you know things to, to children um, uh, as well drop things off on doorsteps um, and we you know we we managed as best we possibly could and people worked as hard as we possibly could now if there's a if there's a vision that we're all going to switch to everybody having um, you know sort of some 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 amazing technology where every child is at home and can can access that technology and um, can sit down with a with a teacher you know sort of um, teaching them remotely in, a, in, a, in a, a live and interactive way or whatever I mean we're some distance away from that at the moment so we can only do what we can do at the moment and I think you know sort of again asking um, staff to sort of yeah we we've got to take responsibility about that ourselves about what our expectations are and, and obviously communicate those so we're trying to support staff to become more you know confident in in terms of um, online remote learning but you know it's um it's going to be a process to get there really so um what else we had yeah i mean i think staff are, are coping you know sort of generally okay with some of the um um, with with the organisation, but there are there were other things that um, were particularly causing them issues, and um, you know lunch times, being able to take a break. It, you know I think that there are staff who feel that they're constantly on duty, um, um, and that's really hard uh, for them. Um, but you know those are all the things where we're again looking at that and seeing what we can do. You know sort of uh, to manage that. So as I say, I think staff are really conscientious. They want to do the best for the, the children in our school. Um, but I think it has been hard because they are, as I say, managing their own anxieties. And, and also that there are just different barriers in place, things that, you know, sort of they wouldn't have had to have um, been dealing with previously. And it, it, it's just really trying to um, uh, help and support them to get over all of those. Yeah, yeah. When you were talking about comparison, Alan, a phrase came to mind, a quote that I really, I really like. It's one of my favourite quotes by Theodore Roosevelt, which is, comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah, yeah. It's so true, isn't it? I think it? we're all, yeah, we're all guilty of it. I mean, I'm guilty of it as well. I mean, it's like, it is, um, I think, you know, you, 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 you worry because you see something you know sort of happening somewhere else and and obviously i think that is the um that is the issue when you know well i suppose with ofsted coming in and you're constantly being compared aren't you with other schools as a result but um yeah i think yeah. we yeah. are doing the best we possibly can and i think that's the message that we have to keep getting back to our staff in order to you know sort of support them really uh, absolutely absolutely uh, and i just reaffirm that that doing the best that you can with the best that you have is the best that yeah. you can do yeah, yeah. Uh, and Very that's much so. what you're doing so uh, another thing that sort of struck me there and, and i really want to take a, a minute to applaud you commend you acknowledge the fact that you um are giving your staff a voice and you have conducted um you know a, a questionnaire a survey with your staff because it does take courage it takes more courage than you know you, you would you would understand really not not you but generally speaking um because having the staff 
participate during this time not just for the sake of it but actually listening and you've gone through that and you're actioning it is going to be so reassuring in terms of supporting their well-being and and again I would you know encourage any, any head teachers that are listening to this that want to do it and are a little afraid of doing it I think there's much more to gain than there is to mm. lose when doing that. And uh, very much so. Yeah, I, 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 I do think that is uh, very true. I think, you know, it's, uh, it's difficult um, sometimes. I mean, and obviously you give people the option to be honest um, and, and all of that kind of thing. But um, so there can be things that you can sometimes feel um, you take quite personally. But I mean, I, as I say, I think you've just got to switch it around really. And, you know, just think, well, you know, this is, um, this is the view. And, and obviously, you know, what can we do um, to, to improve? I think that's just part of, I'd like to think that's part of our culture anyway, really within the school that, you know, I, um, you know, that is what I ask of staff. It's what I ask of pupils um, to be honest and to accept that, you know, they, we don't always get things right. Um, and it's like the Matthew Syed black box thinking, um, you know, we're learning from our mistakes and, um, yeah, you know, if I, if I don't model that, you know, sort of, I mean, I can't really expect other people to be doing that really. So, you know, we have to, uh, some of some things we just have to take on the chin and accept that we may not have um, got 100%. But you know, what can we do to to try and, you know, put things right as a result? Yeah, great. And it goes back to the first thing that you said, really, in, in terms of cultivating the ethos uh, and the team culture that you have, it goes, it goes, you know, totally in, in, in synergy with what you described at the right yeah. at the beginning. So that, that's, that's brilliant. So I want to stay with this uh, topic around being sort of honest, and sharing and being part of that team. I really am interested and I'd be really grateful, Alan, if you'd share how your state of well-being and mental health, how mental health has been affected personally. What's the most stressful aspect for you? I'm sure you've described so many already, but you know, where, where are you? What are you feeling right now? Um, well, I think like everybody, I think I'm, you know, uh, sort of already uh, said how exhausting it's been. Um, it has been it has been very exhausting. Um, I think that you know, I think we touched on it as well. That I mean, there has never been anything like this in schools uh, before. Um, there are lots of things that uh, happen in schools where you can uh, go and ask another head teacher colleague, or you could go and ask somebody who has mentored you, you know, sort of in, in one way or in another. Um, so if there's an issue with a parent or if there's an issue with a member of staff or something, you know, you're able to do that. I think in this particular instance, uh, you know, sort of it, that hasn't been the, that isn't the case, you know, we're in a, in a, in completely new territory really. So, um, you know, it's, I think it's been, uh, that has been hard, um, but everybody, you know, obviously is learning at the same time and, and obviously uh, trying to do their best. Um, I think we, I think it's important obviously as a result of that then to make sure that there are other people that you can you can speak to whether that is other uh head teacher colleagues um also you know sort of as an slt i think you know having a really you know sort of um strong slt group and you know i'm very fortunate i've got a um a really you know fantastic deputy head as well you know we can talk about things and discuss uh situations as well so yeah that that 
it has been hard. Um, as I say, I think, you know, sort of uh, trying to um, manage everyone's expectations, um, you know, trying to be uh, sort of medical health guru on top of the day job, uh, as I've already said. Um, I think, you know, as I say, some of the most stressful parts of the job are the inevitably the accountability and the responsibility that you feel. Um, you know, we um, have had to try and think about lots of different things uh, about covering so many different aspects. Um, you know, I mean, we, 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 we quite often have to write risk assessments anyway. Uh, but, you know, we've never had to, you know, sort of write risk assessments like we're writing now for, for this. Um, and as I say, we're, we're trying to uh, make predictions about what might happen, um, even though, you know, we really don't know, you know, sort of what is going to, you know, what might, what might be around the corner. And um, so, yeah, inevitably, I think that does have an impact on, you know, how you're feeling. And I, I suppose those are sometimes the things that, um, you know, either, you know, cause you to stay awake or um, wake up early in the morning. Um, often there's you know there's sometimes a feeling that you're you know not being effective enough um i think you know sort of you can feel drained um but on you know despite all of that you're still you know having to come in and try and um demonstrate to people that you know sort of you you've got your finger on the pulse and that you're you know really you know sort of on top of everything um so dealing with that kind of you know there is inevitably there's always an imposter syndrome uh thing you know sort of around um, you know what you know you doing particular things a feeling of perhaps not being you know up to the job or whatever but um, I suppose you know in the end uh, I try to be as positive as I can be um, I think we've got to kind of focus on the things uh, that we can control and not worry too much about the things that we can't that we you know we've got no control over um, can't be responsible for everything um, and I think, you know, obviously it's it's coming back around to reminding yourself about the important things, you know, uh, obviously we've talked about the ethos of the school, you know, the children and why we're here and, and what we're trying to do uh, for them. Um, it's reminding you about all of those kind of things, really. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, from a personal point of view, um, you know, having to... Um, trying to think about your own well-being, making sure, as I say, there are people that you can speak to, um, there are ways of taking your mind off things, um, you know, whether that is, I mean, I, I, I cycle to work, I cycle home afterwards. Uh, I think that's a really good way of being able to just completely switch off and focus on something else. Um, hopefully, by the time I get home, I've managed to, you know, sort of um, park everything that's, you know, sort of um, been, at, been, at, been at school. Um, yeah, you know, obviously, you know, family life, home life, um, that's important although obviously things are different there aren't they because maybe whereas there might have been things that you might have gone out and done previously were you know that that that's hard to do but yeah there's uh you know it, it's uh it is a difficult it is a difficult time it is um it is it is hard work but as i say you know we're um um we're having to remind ourselves about why we do this job you know what the important things are really that's the important thing i think uh, absolutely well there is just no rose tinted filter on this one is there so thank you for sharing that you know that honesty and that perspective but actually just coupled with that pragmatic optimism 
um, and staying true to to your mission really here. But we, you know, I'm sure I certainly do. And I know the listeners will appreciate it. Not an easy time for you. So I really do thank you for what you're doing uh, in terms of making that difference right now. So, Alan, final couple of questions, really uh, similar but different. The first is, if you had a message for the politicians and the decision makers, what would you like to say to them? Oh, yes. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not really sure. I mean, I suppose uh, the politicians and the decision makers. I'm I, I'm a little bit cynical about uh, their motivations, uh, and I'm not really sure that they. I don't think they have listened and I'm not really sure that they are listening. Um, I suppose uh, it's quite a negative view, isn't it? But I do feel that they have their own agenda and I'm not really sure that they um, fully take on board the things that I would say to them. Um, I think I, you know, I suppose if I were, you know, with the, in terms of the government, I suppose I would prefer it if they were very uh, clear and honest about their, their goals uh you know sort of i certainly wish that their messages weren't so mixed um i think there's a lot for them to learn in terms of being honest and you know sort of uh, and as i say learning from their mistakes but i don't really see it unfortunately um i suppose i'd like to i'd like them to you know sort of trust us as education experts i think there's been times when they they haven't really listened i, I feel as though in the summer certainly with the rush to you know sort of start reopening schools with uh bubbles of 15 and and all of that kind of thing I, you know I, I don't really feel that they were genuinely in dialogue with um with people who are actually working in schools about what can and can't work maybe um i think there's there's sometimes there's been a bit too much spin around um about about things i and and, and it, I, it frustrates me when there is criticism of teachers and the teaching profession and I think there were, you know there was a lot of um, times perhaps when uh, there were comments being made which I don't think were very helpful and you know sort of I think um, strong politicians uh, who were doing things for the right reasons would have closed down those arguments pretty swiftly really um, you know but I, I think because there's a lack of confidence in, in what they're doing and, and why they're doing it you know that well as I say I don't necessarily think that that happens so you know I think you know if there is a public perception that teachers haven't worked hard enough or you know aren't um, helpful you know being helpful enough or whatever I, I, I think you know I would like the politicians and the, the, the decision makers to do more really to to make it clear that you know schools are working hard and um, teachers are working hard uh, and people are doing things for the right thing right reasons um, I just think that they they need to have more of a, a you know sort of a dialogue more of a conversation put more trust in people who are working in in education uh, about what is right I think it would be helpful for um, the politicians and the decision makers to row back on their um, sort of rush towards testing and inspection uh, again, because I do think that that isn't helpful at the moment. I don't think uh, I don't think that comparing one school with another is is, is particularly helpful. I, I think they could be doing more to make sure that 
schools are you know supporting each other um and and yeah really backing schools to make the right decisions and 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 just being able to you know sort of give schools uh the opportunity to make the decisions for their children and their communities and encourage collaboration rather than competition between schools i think that would be my um that might be my key message to them. Yeah, I, I love that key message. I think there'd be that would make such a difference and would really call upon unity rather than, you know, everyone feeling disparate right now. Yeah. I think it's been hard. I mean, you know, I think um, it's been hard for schools to communicate with. I mean, you know, communication in general is, is a really difficult thing. I mean, I, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I could say that within within schools, obviously, that one of the difficult things we have is communicating with each other because you know we are trying to obviously keep separate from one another as much as possible and work in our own areas and zones uh, so we've got that happening in in schools it's very difficult for me to have a conversation you know face to face with somebody you know we might have to do those things over teams so you can imagine that it's even harder then for us to do that with other schools uh, and whereas we might have had um, meetings where you know we could talk about things as as head teachers or get you know sort of leaders within schools to meet other you know people within other schools um, and then we would organize things like moderation you know sort of as well where you know it gives opportunities for teachers to meet up with other teachers and have discussions you can't really do those things at the moment so it's 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 it, it's really really hard um but we need to sort of try and you know not lose that really and try and you know sort of keep encouraging those collaborations rather than yeah um you know perhaps you know sort of um going back to yeah competition perhaps and you know sort of comparison really yeah. this this is not the time if ever there were no. enough time for competition this certainly <laughs> this is, not, is not, not the time not. For no yeah. no completely echo that completely so um Finally, Alan, if you were, if you know, if you had a magic wand and you could ask for any support from, from, you know, let's say from our decision makers and politicians and the prime minister, what, what would you say you would, you would like to have as support to help you get through this pandemic? Um, well, I think I've covered some of those things uh, just now. I mean, obviously I think sort of, um, I think I would like, uh, them to ask us what they can do to help us rather than um being the other way around um i mean i think really key for a school like ours i think is um you know we know that we have been severely disadvantaged by uh this pandemic um you know it's not for the want of trying uh our staff as i said before have worked really really hard all the way through the the pandemic to support our children but as our children uh, in the area that you know we work in in Birmingham um, there is a, there is disadvantage and a lot of our children are disadvantaged it's not that uh, parents don't want the best for our children they do but there are limitations to what they can they can do some of those limitations are caused through um, through language but some of those limitations are you know sort of caused through their own you know lack of um, understanding or perhaps you know sort of through finance as well so it would be really uh it would be really good if we were given uh some really targeted support to help these children uh you know because i do feel that they are the most in need of catch up right now uh 
some of that support needs to be financial and that you know sort of may not be popular but you know sort of it does need to be financial to make sure that uh you know children have got the resources that they need uh some of those resources might be you know sort of uh, physical resources but some of those resources might be in terms of staffing as well but as i say making sure that our children have got the resources to catch up i do think there is uh, a danger of gaps getting wider um, for our children, and and I, and I suppose really um, that is what that that is some of the support I would would like uh, you know people to to sort of like shine on us really. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope that there are some people listening that can influence that uh, and certainly start listening. I think your your key message there about starting to listen to what is actually needed, not being done to, and actually mm. having your voice, just the way that you're giving your staff the voice, but actually for head teachers to have their voice to make their decisions that are going mm. to make a difference to their school communities right now. Yeah. Really pertinent. Alan, thank you so much for your time. I know, um, you know, this has not been easy to take some time out of your day to do this. It's so important for the listeners to actually gain an insight into what you're dealing with, the challenges that you're faced with, and actually, again, you know, the, the optimism that you bring and the courage that you bring to the role. So I just want to take a minute to say thank you for your time. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for sharing your experiences, because I truly, truly appreciate it. And I know the listeners will too. Thank you so much, Alan. You're welcome. Thank you, Sunita. Thanks. I do hope you enjoyed listening to today's Every Teacher Matters conversation. It is our mission to be the voice of our amazing school staff. You can find out more by visiting everyteachermattersproject.com or contacting me directly at contact at sunitabagri.com. Thanks for listening.